Blog Talk Radio.
Let's pray for today's lesson. Welcome to Sunday morning in the Word. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your Word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. As educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought, making manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear. Glory to God. What the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, it has been truly a journey. And I pray that you can bear with me today. <clears throat> My voice is recovering. Um, I'm well. But I just am having a little challenge with my voice, but we're going to go on with the Lord in the Word. We're in another division of the overcoming way, and we're going to give a healthy review and build upon that which we have laid in this subject. I have subtitled this section of Overcoming Way, going back to advanced theology through belief. So the subtitle is Advancing Theology Through Belief of the Overcoming Way, which would really be the second division of the teaching. Um, it has been our journey and our goal and our efforts to establish and affirm our pursuit in knowing God more intimately that we may serve him more faithfully. I need some water. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and to awaken core values that establish our conviction of the advantages that we have as a result of establishing God's word as final authority and to answer systematically the value. And here's the part that I want to emphasize in this new division of teaching, of having theology when the need, of, need to overcome thank you, arises. And that is something that I've read every time that we've had this particular teaching. But I felt by the prompting of the Spirit that we needed to go back over 
this answering systematically the value of having theology when the need to overcome arises with the adversities of life come. So for over 15 weeks we have studied in three categories mainly. We had an intro in theology, but I want to go back and make it a component and and express why the Holy Spirit has enlightened me to emphasize this as a theology, the overcoming way. Praise the Lord. Here we go. So, we have studied overcoming in light of three areas. One area that we're going to spend almost three months in, which is overcoming by faith, um, because we are entering an era of faith in the body of Christ. There's some assignments which I'm going to be teaching on in the coming days that are really going to be pivotal to the direction and the overall prophetic uh, path for the church in this hour. And I have a, a, a stirred spirit to really deal with some uh, subject matter pertaining to faith as I've never had it before. But part of faith, the majority of faith, is enhanced, developed, and nourished by our ability to believe. And in the last lesson of the previous years of study, one of the most important messages that I've ever preached was a topic entitled, Help my unbelief. I like the way the the writer wrote to Jesus. uh, Or rather, the, the plea to Jesus where the, the he was uh one of the disciples was hearing uh and uh, witnessing what was going on in the life of Jesus. He saw faith at work. He saw the manifestation of the Spirit, and he witnessed an unquestionable love that Jesus had for everyone that served him. But he knew in and of himself that he did not believe like he should believe. And he had the courage to say, and I was glad that the scriptures recorded it, that the belief that he had was not enough to provoke him to ask, help my unbelief. Go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. 
advancing theology. Advancing theology. And you know, I love this, where Jesus walks on the water. Well, Jesus walks on the water, displays his nature to his disciples, and Peter puts him in a rock in a hard place. <laughs> I've heard so many people translate this, but I always tell people all the time that Jesus could not say no. His walking on the water experience, Peter's walking on the water experience was unnecessary. But a lot of people say, well, at least he had the courage to walk, and he walked off of the authority of Jesus. Well, yeah, but that's not what you want to build your life upon. You don't want to build your life upon a risk. You want to build your life upon a belief that's embedded in the promises of God. Now, why do I say this? And I love this example as an opening passage because there are many people when it comes to their belief and their theology, they often put God to a test to prove whether or not he's worth following. And they build everything based on their curiosity as far as their relationship with God, they build everything off of curiosity. And and they they assemble or create a situation that they claim provokes faith. All right. If I had a stronger voice, I'd be a little sarcastic at this point. But I want you to look at this scripture as an opening passage in Mark 14 as a improper approach to developing a life of faith. I want you to examine the apostle Peter and see that this was unnecessary. Instead of trusting and asking, really, why Jesus was walking on the water in the first place, (laughs) he wanted to be a part without having the belief necessary to truly be effective in that experience. And yet he walked for a little bit. But when he looked at the conditions in which it required to be superior to, he sent, and Jesus had to come to his rescue. And what happens, sons and daughters of God, is if we take that same approach with our thinkings and our beliefs pertaining to overcoming by faith in God will be sinking in the situations that seem to take advantage over what God 
has given us authority to exist in. That's a good passage to look at. He put Jesus in a situation by saying this in verse 28 and 14. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And I often ask people in this discussion, could Jesus say no? He couldn't say no, because it was him. Right? Jesus said to him, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the mistress, the wind mistress, he was afraid and began sinking. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Listen to Jesus. And immediately Jesus stretched out forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Right? And when there was come unto the ship and the wind ceased, then they which were in the ship came and worshipped them, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Thou art the Son of God. Overcoming theology is merely an ideology if it's not acted upon. When we say overcoming, we're not saying building a belief system based on what you appreciate. We're saying building a belief system based on the proofs and the provisions and the power and the promises and the plan of God. When we talk about overcoming as a theology, it's a logic that we've encountered as of what we've experienced in the presence of God. It's unfortunate that the world has convinced us that we believe things that we don't experience. And so we have a generation that is not encountering the power and the provisions and the plans and the promises of God proclaiming about a God they don't know. See, the Bible is set to bring right standing with God. It's it's set to build faith in the heart true revelation of the word, a real life experience in the word. When we say a revelation, you've had an experience with God that has empowered you to be the son of God. It's to break erroneous concepts with the light of truth. And it's to become accustomed to the supernatural. See? 
You got to be careful what words you're going after. What words you're living off of. What words you're carrying as the source of your logic that you have about God. The problem with Peter, he had no confidence in his experiences with God other than from Jesus' perspective. He had no inward stability that would guide him in the situation at hand. He wanted to experience the reality of God, but he didn't have the inward awareness that God would be with him to maintain him in the experience of walking on water. If you're going to be a person that walks on water, you're going to have to have an inward stability. You're going to have to have a set of principles in your life that lines up with truth and power and plans and promises. The devil don't want me to get out this message, but I'm all right. I feel good in my spirit. I feel good in my body. And the devil mad, he's trying to make my voice sound like it's a frog, but he's a liar. I'm going to preach this today. The scripture tells us in Matthew 4, four men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. It says, look, look, when we, he said his word, yes, he did, and he healed us in Psalms 1 07 and 20. Listen, when the word abides in you and you abide in the word, you can ask what you will and it will be given to you. Why am I saying this? Water walking experiences is supernatural. The supernatural must be experienced in order to be revealed. And people are going around professing that they believe in a God that they don't experience. The old church knew this, that the the philosophies, your thinking process about what you believe will only be appreciated when it's only understood or, you know, perceived. But when it's experienced, no one will be able to shake the foundation on which you've built your experiences on because you have touched, you have taste, you have handled that word of God that is good. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, Thy words were found and I did eat them. I experienced it. Man shall not live by bread alone by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Why do they call it bread? Because the word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light unto thy path. But it is also it is also substantive that if you ingest the word of God on the plans, the promises, the power, 
the play of the promptings of the Spirit of God, if you take it and you make certain that you experience what you believe, you will never have to doubt in the situations that you are set to overcome. Peter is often effective of the people that believe in this day. They want to go out and walk on water without the blessed assurance. And what you're going to need for the world that was designed for you to achieve and to acquire and advance in things through faith is a belief system that is embedded in the power, the proof, the plan, the promises, and the prompting of the Holy Spirit based on the word of God. Now I'll tell you why the body of Christ is not experiencing this. It's because they really don't believe or they haven't asked God to help them in their unbelief. All right. When a person has theology, five things happen in the process. And I want to review this because, see, when you tell somebody they can overcome by faith, the situations that they're in, they can get out by the power of God. That God can make all grace abound to them. So they have a warning, all sufficiency may abound unto every good work. Warning nothing. That if they look perfectly into the law of liberty, they will be blessed in all they're doing that they can live sin-free, that they can live without falling and stumbling, that they can obtain the promises through faith. When you say that and charge them with the, with the, the overcoming mandate that we have to experience the quality of life, if, if these, these steps are not happening, they will result back to a place that tries to substitute faith. And that's the point that I want to drive in my concluding thoughts. When a person has a theological process, theology means God logic, what God thinks, his thoughts, his ideas, ideals, ideology about what he believes is best for us. As he's revealed it in the minds and the hearts of those that believe him. See, theology answers and and seeks for the meaning about how God affects our life. So the first thing is 
expect to do is answer, answer the question. You saw in the scripture, Jesus couldn't say no because it wasn't walking on the water. It was never the intention for Peter to walk on the water. But because he put Jesus in a rock in a hard place, he had to walk on water. And Peter did walk, but he said, was that God's best? Oh, no. It wasn't God's best. It wasn't God's plan to show him or give him an appetizer to tease him about the potential that he had. It was for him to realize that the source for his belief was not anchored in what he believed. The source of it stemmed from a doubt and speculation versus faith in God. So theology alters and reforms the state of our spiritual development through searching for meaning, considering wider and deeper ranges of what we believe. See, theology awakens a prophetic awareness. See, see, when you say you're a person that has a sound theology, and I know we don't like to say that in church because it almost sounds scientific because we know theology means the study of God, but it's really God's thought processes that we've discovered based on the presence of God, the power of God, the plans of God, the promises of God, and the potential that we have in God. So it awakens prophetic awareness. It alters and reforms the state of our spiritual development, and it answers and it seeks for meaning, but it also adds knowledge. You saw what Jesus said to him, why did you doubt? <laughs> why did you doubt? You have little faith. Why did you doubt? In other words, I don't need you to build your faith off of my ability to save you. I need you to have an inward stability that is set on overcoming because you have a blessed assurance. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? I hope you can hear the revelations in my rhetoric and my riddles this morning. I know my voice sounds like a frog, but what I wanted to provoke you on is this overcoming thing, the overcoming way, advancing theology through belief. How can God come and encounter your situation, my brother and my sister? How can he step in on the scene of your life? and provoke this this plan in which the word of God comes off the pages and become edible and become applicable and become affirming and become activating. What can he do in your situation? Glory to God. So my old school preaching anointing, but I'm gonna comment down we teach it here. 
What can he do that causes the word of God to have full effect? What can he do to make you accustomed to the supernatural so that you can be blessed in your ability to know that the word of God works? Can he do to convince you that it's not enough to know chapter and verse if chapter and verse is not experienced? What can he do to convince you that it's not enough to express an emotional experience without an encounter with power that confirms that the emotions Unnecessary. What can it do? Glory to God. To let you know that it's not enough to walk on water for a season and drown in the water from doubt and unbelief and little faith. What can it do for you? What will it take to provide the answers to alter you, to awaken you, to add you, and then to advance you? If the word of God is not enough, my friends, I don't know what you will believe. I don't know what you will believe. Somewhere in your life, somewhere in your experiences, you're going to have to have ammunition for change. You can write down ABC, ammunition for change. That's my three points. I'm going to get out your way in, in two minutes. You're going to have to really brainstorm with the Holy Spirit and you're really giving them access to alter your beliefs. Have you really given them access to alter your beliefs. It was a slow ride this morning, but we got some place in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And then you got to challenge yourself till the difference has full effect. You have to have ammunition for change. Brainstorm with the Holy Spirit about the state of your beliefs. You got to challenge yourself to the difference happens. We've been so much time playing with God and playing church, acting the part but not being the part, faking it until we're making it, that the experience that is necessary for us to have confidence never occurs because we don't provoke ourselves to examine whether faith has full effect. And the situations that are coming, that are at hand, the challenges that we're facing and that we will face will prove who really believes. Will prove who really believes. See, if your faith walk doesn't provide experiences that enhance your relationship with God, 
your, your, does it provoke you to review your redemptive and righteous resolve and to make certain that you reconcile with <coughs> one another and <coughs> receiving the, the renewing power of the Holy Ghost? And my friends, I, I, I'm sorry to tell you, you, you're not experiencing what what I've been talking about for over 15 weeks, which is to overcome the overcoming way. It takes more courage to develop faith properly than to assume that you have things based on what you think you know. And you can be so ambitious about your beliefs that you think you've acquired these beliefs in your heart, and because they're not found in your heart, and you know you don't have belief in your heart because you don't obey it. Uh, Let me give you something that I've already taught on in this teaching. I need you to go back in the archive and listen to all the teaching. This This is a new subject even though I reviewed old principles. But I said this in, in, in maybe the third week of this teaching, that when you are set to obey and to exist in the nature of God, three things will happen. You will have obedience under righteousness, Romans 6.16. You'll have obedience from the heart, and then you'll have obedience to the doctrine of Christ. And, and those things all compile this overcoming theology because it helps us it helps us get to the answers that we seek. And what's happening is we're not advancing in theology. So the thought life is messed up, and as a man thinketh in his heart, so is it. Our reality is shaped by our perspective. So our reality is distorted because we're not we're not really allowing God to sharpen our thoughts by developing our beliefs. Amen? Amen. And so, Matthew 14 is a powerful text. I've heard a lot of people preach on it, you know, talk about at least he, he got out of the boat. Well, just because you got out of the boat, my friend, you, and, you, and you started to walk and you sunk, didn't give God the greatest glory. The greatest glory would have been his faith was so strong that he kept walking with Jesus to the point that the other disciples started jumping off the boat and started walking too because they also believed. So God is not just interested in you experiencing a temporal effect of your belief. He wants a continual. He wants it to be a way. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. See, see, he wants it to be an experience so that it's perpetual, that when the, the situations of life come, you overcome them all the time because this is natural to you. The superior is natural to you. It's natural to you. Don't master and get comfortable with playing church, be the church. Let God get in your mindset and show you what it's really all about. Let the scriptures like Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply every need 
of yours according to his riches and glory be more than just about you just getting your necessities met materialistically. Let the scriptures like Psalms 121, 1 and 2, the Lord is my help. My help coming from the Lord be more than just be, he just meets your requests and your wish lists through prayer. Let Psalms 84, verse 5, my strength is in him, be more than just a, a, a countenance on your face like a fake smile or a stance or, or a cliche like the Lord is good all the time. Let Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8, God is my refuge, actually be a place where you go and get refueled, regenerated, renewed in the knowledge of him by the presence and the power of his spirit abiding and residing where you are. Then you just going through the motions. 